Hello, you are listening to Common Ride for Me, a podcast about stunt-filled shows full of heroes. I'm James Dorrington, and I'm your expert. I'm James Baker, and I'm your newcomer. And... Shin. How's it going? Doing pretty good, man. Just got back from seeing Ad Astra, and uh, yes, yeah, it, it was a definitely a trip for sure. <laughs> Would you recommend it overall? Uh, if you're into space movies, hell yes. If you're uh, a fan of Brad Pitt, hell yes. But if you're not a fan of drawn out plot lines, I wouldn't recommend this one because it's kind of it takes a long time to get to the point, and once it gets there, you're kind of like that was it. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, like I definitely got the sense from the trailers that there was like some father son theme that was in the movie, but that we weren't going to see it in like the material until we saw the movie. So like, I'm not sure if it's about like how to deal with anger, or if it's about like how do you deal with greatness, or blah, 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 or like how different generations learn to love. I have no clue what the actual father son message is from just right. The- and that that's, that seems to be the overall uh, static against this film is that I guess people were walking into this just wanting to see like a space movie with uh you know discovering other intelligence out there but uh what we got was a space film with morals attached to it (laughs) hidden messages and stuff like that but uh it was okay i do like how the um prestige like drama of like the past few years has kind of been like the low sci-fi space movie like you have like your martians like your interstellar your gravity it's been like a pretty like consistent thing which is cool when you say people weren't going into it super knowing what they were like expecting, that reminds me. Um, I remember there were lots of people in my showing. It was about half full. We were the only people under age sixty. Everybody else wanted like a good sixties like cowboy like spaghetti western movie, and they were very shook. <laughs> they were very shocked. They were like, "Oh, what is this doing?" For the casting, which movie was this? For Django Unchained. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that must have been a trip for them. Yeah, cause that's definitely a movie that's not really trying to make you feel good about like the old West or like, oh, like what's like the internal struggle of somebody that was like in the union at this time? No, it's about let's kill some people that are involved in some systems, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they should have known what they're getting themselves into with uh, Quentin Tarantino behind the lens. <laughs> but uh, maybe they just didn't know any better. That. That does have to be weird, though, to be like, oh, they're making a Western for the first time in like 20 years. I'm going to go see. Oh, this is not Young Guns or whatever the last Western was before it. Yeah, I always like the uh, the old walkout during the middle of the movie <laughs> when somebody's not <laughs> enjoying it. I, I always find that funny. <laughs> yeah, it was really good for this one. It was really choice. How was your week? Uh, it's going good. I uh, just been spending lots of time just like preparing for autumn, like finding picture frames, like putting up wall things, like lots of pumpkin spice things. But Oh, man. Same here, man. <laughs> my, my girlfriend is already looking for a new reef for our door with, uh, with a fall theme on it. I'm like, what? what's wrong with the one from last year? <laughs> so far, um, like every year we paint like some like plastic skulls. So right now we have like one like um, one Maryland 
Monroe, one like very good, like David Bowie, and like we'll probably grow from there this year. Oh, you guys really get into it. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's real fun. So you guys do that instead of carving pumpkins or you guys do both? Uh, It's just more like a, it's something that like we can have up for the whole time and like build up. Like, cause like when you carve like a pumpkin, like especially when you don't have like a real stoop, it's only like a two or three day thing at the most, you know? Yeah. So besides like, um, like that, like what have you been like watching or like just looking at this week? Uh, One thing that I've been watching for a couple of weeks now, maybe going on a couple of months is this anime called Demon Slayer uh Kamitsu no Yaba. Oh okay. my fucking god. This anime is so epic. If you're in a shonen, this is top tier shonen. Um it's only a couple episodes in. I believe it's in the mid 20s or late 20s, but I am hooked. I am a fan. I want to go on a limb and say this is probably one of the greatest shonens I've ever seen, but it's a little bit too early to, you know, fall into the hype like that, but I am enjoying every single episode so far. Yeah, shonen's going to be really hard like just cuz a lot of them start great and then you have like some weird stuff but i've like just been hearing like i kind of feel like the fandom for this show has been like simmering but i've like every once in a while for like the past like few weeks been hearing like one or two like things been like oh what's this what's this like i haven't watched it yet but like i have like watched like the opening and it, it looks good yeah man it's definitely on its way to becoming one of those animes that's going to be like household once it hits like cartoon network or some shit mm-hmm. it's a wrap no, it's a really good place like to be as somebody who like wants anime, but also like wants to have like a good, like relaxing like thing to do. What's that? Um, I'm definitely on, but like I'm on that Netflix, like weird merry-go-round they have where like every like 10 days they have like a new anime out. That's like 13 episodes long or something, which mm-hmm. is like absolutely perfect. Um, you got any recommendations for that? Um, the two are Grappler Baki. I think it's called Kengen Ashura. Okay. But basically um, with, um, one thing I wanted to talk about this week is I finally watched a like Kurosawa movie that I've been like wanting to watch forever. Like know how like sometimes like you just like keep like a movie, but it's like too weighty or like too like good that like you want to be like, okay, like I like took a shower. I have four hours of nothing. <laughs> Guy like, have like yeah. two drinks out. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this uh, came out after Rashomon, but before Stray Dog. So it's like at the start of like him really like popping off. Um, mm-hmm. and basically it's this like black and white movie about this like bureaucrat who finds out that he has like six months to live from, from like, it's like stomach cancer basically. And how he just kind of is like, oh, I've done nothing of any purpose with my life. So I should probably learn to live before I die. And it's beautiful. It's like just a great, like movie ass movie, you know, what's the name of it? Um, it's called Akiru. Um, it came out in 1950. So like where that goes in is that. There's this weird trope that I first kind of noticed with one of those shows that I like recommended um Kenken like Ashura. So in that show, it's like a um corporations whenever they have like feuds will basically just have like a death match like oh like we want this building, let's have like a fight. Like let's have like mm-hmm. this person fight this person. And like in that show the whole thing is that like the main character is like this like 56-year-old like salary man who is like oh like my wife's been dead for like 20 years like i haven't seen one of my sons like leave his room for 10 one is like a criminal now and like only comes home to like steal from me but then damn that's depressing yeah (laughs) but then like he meets this like young fighter and it's like oh i want to live and it's like a weird like it's not like a midlife crisis it's like a weird like oh you've been stuck in this like really like oppressive system 
And now you just want to experience some kind of life or something. And it's a weird like archetype, character type. Like, I'm not sure, but it's like a weird thing to be like, I'm watching a 1950 black and white movie from like Kurosawa and also like a overly violent, like slightly mature, like shonen show. And they are like both doing the same thing. And what's the name of the shonen show? Um, that is Kengen Ashura. That movie is Ikiru. Okay. Is it, is it, uh, the shonen, is that on Netflix as well? Uh, yes. Like that's where their whole merry-go-round like happens. It's like one week you have like this show, like one week it's like Ultraman, one week it's like something else. They're really good about just having something very digestible ready for you. That's one thing I need to get back, get into is uh, the Netflix animes that they have been offering because I love the way that they're, uh, you know, embracing uh, this culture (laughs) on this platform, but uh, I'm just stuck in my ways. I'm always on internet pirating stuff. So I need to buckle down and actually, uh, you know, scroll through the Netflix library and check out some uh, some good anime. Have you seen Cannon Busters yet or no? No, I haven't even heard of that. Oh, Cannon Busters. Um, it's like um, great opening, like great closing. Not the best like story wise, but it's just like it feels like they're like looking at like Trigun, like Cowboy Bebop and like let's make a modern version of like something like that. But mm-hmm. also like the like creative team is like, oh, we want to do like a show that like features like a lot of characters like of color so like the main cast i think like there's not like a white person in it for example like it's just like let's have like some cool designs like let's have like this robot get to pilot this car and this is on netflix as well yeah like cannon busters it's got a great opening it's like probably got one of the best openings that i've ever seen in like any anime i got some stuff to watch then all right should we move over to the recaps part of our show let's do it So this week, we started off our real show, which is to watch Common Rider, specifically Common Rider Zero One. We watched episodes one and two. So before we get into like our actual like recap conversation, what are your thoughts? Just like more generally. Uh, going into this, as you guys do know, I, I went into it blind, not knowing anything at all. Uh, and I actually really enjoyed episode one. Uh, some of the things that I liked about it a lot was uh, that the main protagonist, Arturo, is a comedian. I thought that was a cool spin on it. And uh, anytime you get a show that puts uh, humans against technology, I am all the way in. I fucking love that concept. One of my favorites for shows, movies, just conversations and all that stuff. But uh, I really enjoyed that. But uh, yeah, so far, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um, just like one thing like I would note is that I really liked um, how the show, it had like a human versus AI conversation. And like, it was about like labor, like there's a lot of stuff going on, like who's working, what are they doing? What does it mean? But it's not like an economic anxiety angle, which like most stories seem to be. It's not like, oh no, they're taking our jobs. It's much more like, are they doing something meaningful with it? Which I think is really refreshing, you know? Yeah. I love that angle too. This episode, we start with this cold open to this kind of like weird, like stage show, like ad kind of thing. Like, I'm not sure, but there's this older guy. He seems very magnanimous he's very much like here's my invention i'm richard hammond uh i'm so handsome here's like what i created and like starts to talk to like these robots human gear that are just like artificial intelligence in a very humanoid shape like minus like some big like chobbit's ears 
they look like people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like um, I, I liked how we didn't just like start in action or like in character. Like it's just this weird kind of tone piece for the show of, oh, here's this person presenting this product. This is a world like where we have AI, where we have people being sent out into like this workforce. And the first thing that like we find out is that like he died as well. Then like, um, so like, what do you think about like this presentation of just starting the show? Uh, I enjoyed it as well. Um, like you said, I'm, I'm kind of glad they didn't hop into the action because uh, when the action did come, it felt earned. It felt like we actually, you know, got to know the characters, got to know the premise of the show, what to expect. And then later on in the show, we got to the, you know, the fight sequences. But I'm a fan of this as well. Uh, they did a really good job establishing this world and uh, what we're getting ourselves into. One thing I like that like is like worth noting, just like as like uh, the person that's like watch more of the stuff, is that um, they put prominent barcode tattoos onto the human gears, which I think is like you hear like stories of like, oh, I went to Japan on like a semester abroad and I had to cover my tattoos with like bandages because like like there's like mm-hmm. a real like real like cultural like it's like only people that are criminals have tattoos. Like it's like a major like stigma. So like, I like liked how like as, as like nice as the showing is, we're also showing, Oh, they very clearly are going to all be marked as outsiders or like as some way, like less than, or like deviant to people, which is like a, like cool touch of like, Oh, let's make sure like we might not like think, Oh, tattoo whatever. But like that, like does mean something different when you're like someone in Japan and watching this, you know? Yeah, I'm glad you uh, spotted that because I had no idea that was even going on in, J- in Japan. <laughs> yeah, because like there's like the whole like big like Yakuza like tattoo thing. So like I, th- right. I don't think there's like a in between in a lot of cases or like there's people that are fighting for that. But there's lots of just like cultural pressure against it. And uh, the um, roles that we see these like robots in, they aren't like immediately like labor intensive. Like it's not like construction. It's like they're chefs, they're teachers. The person like announcing that he died on the news oh like it's like a skilled labor thing too which i think is interesting yeah i think they're um now that you mention it maybe they're going into the route that uh they're trying to replace uh humans with the robots like the hard labor jobs with the robots now that you mention it i didn't even notice that like you'd think it's just going to be farmers but there's also like here's like we'll see later like there's one or two like comedians it's like a like weird thing but then when you like look japan has like a birth rate problem it's like population is just getting older and older so it does make sense Mm -hmm. that maybe like it's a feeling of like here's the new soul of the country versus like fear of losing a job like it might be if the story was made over here damn that's deep (laughs) and then we go to uh to our protagonist aruto he is late and he is it's called chuckle dreamland like the like small amusement park that like he works at like as like a comedian he goes there what do you think about his comedy (laughs) at first I'm not going to lie. Episode one, I'm like, this guy is not funny at all. Like, I'm like, these jokes are corny. Hopefully they get better uh, in the next few episodes. But I didn't think he was funny at all. <laughs> I wrote down and I'm not sure why, but like, like there's a scene of him reacting to nobody thinking he's funny. That was just like him yelling as the camera, like closed in on like his face. And it was, um, I just wrote down very annoying orange, just like to be yeah. loud. Mm hmm. But I like, too, that he's not funny. Like, it definitely works with, like, what's going on later. Just at the point, you're like, huh. Right. And then the first thing that happens is he gets fired, which is, like, pretty funny, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we see um, Taro, 
who is a robotic comedian. What does what is his act in your words about? Very confusing. I was like, he did like the little belly thing. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on? And I didn't know if that was like a cultural joke or if it was just like a weird trying to make people funny by physical comedy. I didn't really understand that. <laughs> so Taro is like a weird name, I think. Like it's like almost like a funny or like endearing name. Like I've seen it like be used for like an adult son or like for like a country bumpkin. Like it's like a name that like you kind of think like, oh, like that Taro, like so goofy. I kind of thought mm-hmm. like like it was like a gut busting joke. Like I'm so funny, I'll make you bust a gut. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't read that one. <laughs> we get the line here. Artificial intelligence can't understand comedy, but then people are just laughing at like the sheer like hot robot like losing some skin or whatever. Right. One like intrusive thought here was like if his goal is just to be funny, um, I can't help but remember that um chatbot Tay. Did you ever hear about that? No. It was a chatbot that was put out by Microsoft, I wanna say. And it just like immediately became horribly like homophobic and racist because like it, it was meant to like respond oh. to and be human based off what people said when they talked to it so like in theory it's like oh people talk to me like about their feelings i know more what makes people feel better when they're telling me that they're sad but it just turned into like a really weird like jumbled like thing really quick oh my god so it was like picking up what people are saying to it in the wrong content yeah i would have forgot about it but like Last week, Taylor Swift was like suing Microsoft for having a chatbot named Tay that got really like, just got like really bigoted. Holy shit. I got to look this up. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Cause it was like, oh, like it like randomly was doing stuff like calling out like at Arby's and like it was a wild like 12 hours before they had to shut it down. Yeah. I got to check this out. <laughs> uh, the next place that we get to um, is like um, the vice president coming in. And just being like, huh, just was, I was just at that funeral while well, I'm president now, like put up my giant. Yeah. What was his deal? <laughs> I was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah. He made himself comfortable quick. Like he was waiting for the guy to die. He was like, ah, it's my chance. <laughs> his picture was just like four times bigger than the one for like the last like president. Yeah. Snake in the grass, man. Uh, and then we get, um, Oh, then we get um, the um, female robot. She comes in, right? And, um, or no, I'm like, next, actually, like, uh, we get Daybreak Town, which, very Kingdom Hearts. It's like a fenced off, destroyed, flooded city with, like, one building left or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, like, two guys in, like, a room full of guns and, like, drapes, which is perfect. Like, when you have to show their evil, have one person at the computer, one person laughing. I was like, here we go. I loved it. And they have like a satellite underwater, which is perfect. I love those guys. Yeah, they look great. Like just like it's like very much let's put them in purple and leather and people will know they're <laughs> evil. Uh, like they're like dialogue is so freaking funny, man. <laughs> no, yeah. I just like like how one of them is just like, yeah, go cause trouble. Basically, it's like, oh, great. I'm going to take this gun. I hope there's more of them. Oh, probably. Um <laughs> Chances are, at least for the first part, who knows what happens later, but they're probably going to be in the show more and more. Um, next, we get the good satellite. And I like seeing the um, main girl, Izu, their satellite is crafting like the belt. And then sh- she comes out there t- 
to like get Aruto and just roasts him, right? Like just says, oh, like you're like a failed comedian, right? Yeah, roasted him. Um, well, like one weird thing is that um, the character's 22, but the actor is 17, which is wild to, to hear. But like he was like really young. Yeah, it's usually the opposite, right? Yeah, but like, can you imagine like being 17 and like, okay, you're like a model or something, and now you're like the lead on this show? Gotta be a lot. Yeah, he's super popular at this point. Hey, and then we get the scene where um the um more giddy of the two, Jin, is uh, like coming out to hack uh, like Tara. So like, what do you think of the scene where he like forces him to be evil kind of thing with the weird belt? Uh, I liked it. It was kind of like shows you that they like mean business. You know what I mean? Like they're not playing around. Like they're trying to take. I don't even know what their objective is exactly. Like what their end goal is. If it's like turning everyone into. Uh, Huma Gears or what, but uh, I like how we know that they're not messing around. Because they're called ThunderStrikeExtinction.net which is a really good Yeah, name. the longest name ever. I'm like <laughs> we gotta come up with something shorter for that. I do feel like if you have a chance to like, be like okay, we're gonna destroy the earth let's name ourselves ThunderStrikeExtinction.net It's the .net that I think that gets to me honestly. It's just really good. Yeah, like they made sure it was like .net. Oh <laughs> uh, no, we're um annihilationtornado.co.uk. <laughs> but no, like um, so like we see like Taro, he's just like, oh, like, I did a good job, like shaking his head, like yeah, like I made people smile. And then he gets like this weird spiny belt on his like waist, and he's evil now. And like it's like, oh, like I just want to make people laugh. And and the bad guy's like, oh no, you want to make people extinct, <laughs> which is wow that's a pretty strong first move to say just make people extinct but mm-hmm. and then we're reading the will in the company office and uh, people seem nice enough i guess for reading a will they're kind of like oh you have he had a grandson he had a son we didn't know this stuff about him mm-hmm. and uh, i actually, must have kept to itself they didn't know all no. that <laughs> i did like uh the um the vice president here <laughs> he's just like really like oh like yeah like Let's keep things moving. But also there's a moment where they're reading the will and he just like, here's the part like where it's like, and the president of the company will become a common writer. He's like, Hmm. <laughs> Thinking that they're talking about him. He's like, Oh shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. like, I'm like 47 and like, well, sure, like I'll become a common writer. That sounds fun. Uh-huh. And the whole point of that scene is like, Oh, he has been, given the role of like president by his grandfather but he like rejects it at first to say oh no like i want to make people laugh and like leaves uh but the next scene is a big shocker that scene of his dad what do you think about that whole situation i loved it i love uh whenever like it's a flashback that you didn't even expect <laughs> and i'm like oh like his dad was like a a huma what is it huma huma gear oh uh, yeah <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. So uh, that kind of like shows us that this whole company uh, was okay with his dad turning himself into a freaking android in a sense. Because obviously our protagonist, uh, Arturo, is fully human. So this means that his dad turned himself into a human gear, maybe for research purposes or for what? I guess we're going to find out in uh, future episodes. But I did enjoy that. And I like the uh, how they kind of showed this uh i guess the event was called daybreak yeah uh i loved how they uh kind of teased that i'm surprised that, that like you think his dad turned himself into one 
I, okay. So people are during the reading of the will being like, oh, like he had a grandson. I was kind of thinking like, are they just like trying to put out somewhere? Cause like maybe they'll say like later on, like a person can become like, like a, like human gear, but he had like blue blood. I kind of thought his dad's a robot. That's weird. So then like I did, mm-hmm. did like some digging and basically, um, so Aruto's name, um, it's like uh, spelled the same way as alternate. So his full name is alternate hidden, which I think is kind of, Whoa. yeah. So I'm not sure if that's anything, but, um, and the, and the fact that like, it, it could mean he's the first rider in like a new era. Zero one means yes. It it means first. It, it's also spelled like the same way as the era Rewa. Um, but also it's also a production number. So I'm kind of like, okay, are they just trying to drop real quick some thoughts? Is this main character some kind of like robot or like weird hybrid in other ways? Damn. I'm not sure about that. That's wild. Yeah, the reason why I I uh I thought his dad turned himself into a human gear is because obviously I think he would know if he's a robot or not, right? Unless his programming kind of blocked that part out. I don't know. I guess it hasn't been addressed yet. Yeah, because like he calls him dad. Um, but also like he's acting like a robot the whole time. So I don't know if there's ever like I I'm not sure what's going on there. Though I uh do like how like what they're doing with that is instead of surprise, they're going for like suspense. They're going for, oh, there's a good chance there's some kind of robotic intermingling hybrid cyborg kind of thing going on. And like, we want you to keep that in mind, to keep in mind, maybe this character isn't in charge of what they're doing. Maybe this character has some motive that they don't even know in our heads instead of Uh like surprising us. Like, it would be really cool if it was like, oh, every couple episodes we get more and more hints of like something is going to happen outside of our character's controls. And we're like, oh, we know that he has a program that makes it so he has to kill all robots that have free will or something. And like mm-hmm. in like episode 12, we find that out. And then we're just like slowly watching things mount up. That would be really good. Yeah, that'd be really good. Yeah, once we get into episode two discussion, I can kind of see that kind of unraveling, slowly unraveling, now that you bring it to light. Uh, the next thing that happens is... um. Arto goes back to the park to try and get his job back. But there's a really interesting scene where he's just like looking at people laughing. He's like, oh, maybe I don't deserve this job. Maybe I should just let people enjoy themselves the best way they can, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which is definitely pretty mature because like we could forget sometimes but, like this is like a show that like is also like trying to sell toys. So it's like weird to have like even in the first episode, like a moment of, huh? him stopping to think maybe my dream isn't as important as people being happy, which yeah, that's cool. That's, I was not expecting that from a first episode protagonist, you know? Yeah. He's already maturing during episode one. So, and then here's where things get fun. We get the rampage. We get Tara going out and starts like infecting like other like robots and all, all this stuff. And what do you think about the way that like, he's like attacking people and also like infecting like the, like other people. Uh, it kind of reminded me of uh, when I was a fan of uh, Power Rangers growing up. Kind of remind me of uh, forget the guy's name or uh, oh yeah, it was Rita. How she kind of like makes the uh, the clay putties. I think they're putties. Yeah, it was kind of reminding me of that. But instead of you know molding different ones, they they have the uh, the monster uh, turn people into it. Remember that time? I thought that was interesting. That um, a stronger villain showed up, Zed, and he made stronger putties. 
with the glaring weakness that the giant Z on their chest could kill them instantly. Mm-hmm. That was funny. I like that he's just like, I made some really strong like warriors that can be killed by being punched in the chest. Yeah. Like the only <laughs> place to kill them is like staring right, staring at you right in the face. <laughs> so, so far in what we know, the monsters in this show are all themed after extinct creatures. So this first comedian guy, he's a Barotha. So where that's kind of cool is that was a extinct praying mantis that was named after a Japanese comedian. So he is using the powers of a praying mantis named after like a comedian, which I think is like a cool way to like have like small references like in the work or like other stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. And he's acting as a comedian as well. So that's pretty cool. And uh, the like grunts that like infected like human gears turn into, they're called um, trilobite magiers, which is a cool way to be like, okay, like they're themed off like trilobites. That's like a cool, like I couldn't tell from their armor, but like, like now that you see it, you're like, okay, cool. Like face ridges and that kind of stuff. Cause they look creepy. Like, like when he's transforming and like his like skeletons opening up and he's screaming. And so is this a trait that all the human gears have that like they could turn other humans into human gears or is it just, was it just his powers? I'm pretty sure that, um, I mean, we don't see in episode two, but I'd have to guess that, um, when you become like a monster of the week style, like you get like a, like extinction key or whatever they're called and like your own powers that you can infect and turn other human gears into ma gears or like demon gears, how they're called. Okay. So the bad ones are called demon gears, ma gears, but that's like basically demon girl. Yeah. Like it's like, that's the translation. So like either or. Okay. Um, probably no dinosaurs for a while because this year's Sentai is dinosaurs. Okay, so they don't stick with like a insect theme for a whole season run. They kind of mix it up with insects and other monsters. In episode two, we get two non-insect monsters. Okay, they'll just probably wait to do dinosaurs because the current Sentai show and they and like the person, um, like like the company that makes Kamen Rider and Sentai are the same. They might wait to do dinosaurs just because they don't want to like double up, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, that's when we get the uh, one of my favorite tropes of Common Rider is a a van full of special forces just showing up somewhere. <laughs> and they're called. I thought that was pretty funny. Ames and like there's just the scenes of like six like SWAT guys in like weird like masks coming out while saying "Assault on Chuckle Dreamland," "Assault on Chuckle Dreamland." <laughs> Um, and that's besides the two people who are Isamu and Yua, who are just there to shoot machine guns at some grunts to little effects. Now, what do you think of these two? Because they like immediately have like a tension and like a relationship going on here. Uh, I'm pretty sure you either played it or you're familiar with uh, Resident Evil. Uh, yeah. They kind of remind me of uh, Star, uh, the group of, you know, uh, police that uh, went out to kill the uh, infected or the zombies. So Ames kind of remind me of like a star type uh, group. And uh, I freaking love these two, man, for sure. Because she's in charge of like the arsenal. He's in charge of the strike team. So he's always like, oh, like I'm like, oh, like we start out with um, her saying, let's make sure we get some like data and him saying, let's like, let's like destroy them all, which is a great way to start any relationship. Yeah, he's relentless. He doesn't care about nothing. He's trying to take out everything. <laughs> and like he's like close quarters like flipping magazines from his gun like in like one motion he's just like there for it yeah i love i love whenever uh characters have like completely different personalities like uh 
I wouldn't say that he's an anta- uh, antagonist, but whenever you have like the uh, eventually they're going to be friends. This is how this is how every oh, show yeah. ends up working. But uh, I love when the two when two of the main characters have completely different outlooks on life, and uh, it kind of reminds me of like a Sasuke type. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and, uh, our, our Ruto reminds me of kind of like Naruto with the, uh, the comedy type gag and the outlook on life. I like later on how, like, um, like there's that scene where he's just like shoots the last of his like assault rifle and he's like, huh. And then like runs in the truck, smashes the glass and like grabs like the toy gun. Like, it's <laughs> like, okay, like here's like the very clearly like a gun for like fighting these monsters kind of thing. And yeah, like, he's like that. so excited to use it. And he just like his first thing to do is I'm gonna shoot a bullet and curve it there to kill like the like grunt behind you. <laughs> yeah, he's showing off at that point. The whole arc is being messed up, and um, the boss is about to be killed by the main baddie, like the like mantis monster. When Ardo steps in, but he can't do anything. He's just like there wearing a hoodie that says canned beef, which I really liked, um, and says like, "Hey, like don't mock his dreams." Then like the like main bot is like dreams here's like the definition from what i know and he's like no like you don't understand dream which is like a good like way to say okay your big thing is like about like um people being able to like self-actualize which is a cool layer if this show is about um ai coming to terms with themselves if the main character's main goal is to for himself and other people see them reach like the highest level of fulfillment that comes from like skill and helping people and like knowing themselves, that's a pretty solid way to start out. <laughs> like just like having a built-in dynamic with like these various characters. Yeah, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, like he like has that like whole moment where like um he says like don't mock his dreams, and then like the like main guy's like dreams are this is this is, and then that's when like he yells to stop laughing and um and tells um like Izu yeah um tells Izu uh to just like give him the belt which is cool because like now it's time to go so like what do you think of uh him putting on this belt for the first time and like preparing to fight uh i was waiting for it from the beginning of the episode because i was ready to see uh what the suit looks like and he goes into the cloud basically for five seconds mm-hmm. to learn how to fight which i thought was cool. yeah i thought that was interesting kind of reminds me of uh it was like a matrix moment <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and it was like a click it was like a quick uh, explainer, like how the fuck did this kid learn how to fight? <laughs> so it's kind of like, so everybody that's going to ask this and that, he learned how to fight in, in a cloud. And I'm pretty sure time slows down up there. Because they say like, oh, like you'll die in five seconds. Here, read this manual. Like you're like thinking as fast as like an AI or something. Another hint. If there's ever, ah. if somebody says you're thinking as fast as an AI, you might be an AI. Yeah. Hmm. And then we get to him actually transforming. And what do you think about this suit? So at first, at first, I wasn't really feeling it. Um, I thought the lime green was a little bit too bright. Uh, I kind of like the old dark green uh, rider suit uh, with the scarf. But uh, in episode two, I feel like it kind of grew on me. But at, my first reaction to it was kind of like, eh, what was your reaction to it? My thought was kind of like, okay, they're going back to the hopper thing for the first time in a while. We haven't had a main like rider that was a grasshopper for a minute. Um, okay. The like chartreuse, like green yellow, it looks cool in, in the glow in the dark. I think in the lighting here, it does look a little, eh. but um, my main thought was actually that they made this suit to be mobile. Like, there have been some issues in the past of like, we made this suit that looks really cool, and like, you can't breathe while you're inside of it. 
Okay. There's this guy, um, Seiji Takiwa, um, and he has been the um, like person in the suit for 18 of the last 20 years of Kamen Rider. He, and and hmm. he's 51. Um, so this year they switched to a new guy, Yu, Yuya Nawada, who's like 36 and like is like a slighter guy, like is more agile. And like looking at like this suit, I was like, oh, they made sure not to have too much in the way of this guy being able to do like more like agility focused stuff. So my first thought was, oh, this looks like you can really move in this. And, and right. then I was like, okay, it's a little yellow, but maybe it'll grow on. So we had the same reaction. I didn't want to be down on it. I'm like, ah, but I want to be honest no matter what. So uh. these designs, I haven't been a big fan of them. Like we'll talk more in episode two, but that design I didn't like even more. Honestly, what do you think of the actual like fight itself that we have? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I did. I could tell that they're holding a few things back to save for like future episodes. Uh, but uh, it was fun. I like the action sequence. Uh, it was really short though. Uh, but uh, yeah. Some big jumps, some big kicks. He shows off his weapon, the briefcase, gets like hit in the nose with it. It looks fine as a sword. And I get like the briefcase, like CEO thing. It's fine. Yeah. Um, that was okay. I did like the like agility. They did some all right work with the CGI at the end. When that um like theme song like kicked in, that was good for me. Yeah, yeah. That was my, one of my favorite parts of the episode. And like he like kicks through like a bus or something and all that. Yeah, at some points, the CGI was too CGI-ish, if that makes any sense, for lack of a better word. But uh, overall, I thought it was pretty impressive. Yeah, it's weird, because like, a lot of these shows like um, are trying to do something we mostly see on like a movie budget. Like, let's go see like Avengers versus like, let's mm-hmm. do 49 episodes in a year. So like, you do definitely see it, and like, no one is happening. But I like, um, he had a strong rider kick, and that's like a big thing, because like, the mark of a rider is often how good is their kick because like everybody has one and he, like his is pretty solid okay i didn't know that i'll pay cl- closer attention to it next time i uh, like uh like the uh, most iconic thing is like jumping and kicking and all that and like y- you could tell for a second too that they wanted to have like a little gore because he like kicks through the guy <laughs> yeah and there's like blood flying everywhere and it's like oh you had some robot gore because you sometimes want to have something like for your like your like adult fans and your kids show oh um one scene was how'd you feel about um that guy Jin just killing that robot like uh yeah i thought that was kind of odd but um i liked it i like whenever you have duality between the characters and you know uh arturo's a nice guy and everybody can't be a nice guy so i kind of liked it it's kind of like you're not getting a job done get out of here <laughs> he's just like jumping and clapping his hands like watching this fight and then like one of the grunts, which is like probably on his side, like comes to him and he just like grabs its neck and shoots it in the head point blank. It's like, oh, you're that kind of evil. Okay. Yeah. Very you're not getting the job done. Get out of here. <laughs> One of the bad guys says something like humanity is about to become the endangered species. And, and then like a satellite in the lake blinks. And that's always like a good way to establish that you're a threat. I think just say, uh, and then we get the whole, um, Oh, we were saved by this mysterious person wink scene where like the owner of the like amusement park says, okay, wink, like you help me. And then she like explains his joke in the end, which I enjoy that as like a recurring kind of endpoint. Yeah. And that's episode one. Overall, it's was strong. There have been some bad some bad starts in this franchise. And I think we at least know our characters and like our villains and like our like conflicts going into the show, which is good. Yeah, and as me being a newcomer, but that was okay. I liked it. What do you think of episode two? 
I freaking loved episode two. I'm not going to worry. I mean, I'm not going to lie. After watching episode one, I was like, oh, it's going to be a rocky ride for this podcast. But episode two got me fucking pumped. I'm ready to talk about episode two. <laughs> the main thing here is like they're going into the office to have his first day. He's going to be like the like person like in charge of, of this company because he put the belt on, meaning legally he's the president, which that's not great. <laughs> but okay. He meets with Ames, who here we get to actually see their personalities. What do you think about like them as characters, just, like what they uh the Ames? Uh yeah. Uh I enjoyed it because like during episode one, I thought they were just showing up and then that was the last time we're gonna see them. So to see them back in episode two, I'm like, oh, they're gonna be like, you know, staples in the the season. Uh so I was kinda excited to get to know them. And the whole like we have some government, like some like weird legislation that means that we can like investigate stuff and we know you're hiding something it's like okay yeah they're investigating him and he's not that smart so we'll see what happens mm-hmm. i do like um how he decides to make a joke to like the government oversight people that's really bad and you can just <laughs> see like samu's hand shaking and i'm not sure if he's shaking with rage or if he's like the only person that likes his jokes i can't tell yet i will say episode two uh Aruto was more funnier than he was in episode one. I will I will say I laughed a lot more at his quirkiness in this episode than I did in episode one. Yeah, like I think when it's just let's establish who you are, they might have been trying too hard, or maybe it's just like we made the pilot and now we can actually let you calm down a little bit and like just like be in the flow. I'm not sure, but he definitely seemed a little bit better this time. Yeah, and also, you know, maybe like, you know. There were some nerves behind, you know, filming episode one, like a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. And uh, you could definitely tell the, the cast was more relaxed during this one. Because also, like, the first episode, it's some of their first times acting. And it's also, like, a bigger production. It's like, oh, we have to, like, have, like, the big, like, scenes in this one. And then it's like, okay, we've done, like, a big scene. You've acted before. Like, there are, are like, lots of cases. Like, last year's show, people hated a lot of the cast very early on for, like, not being able to act but towards the middle they were like oh these are really good actors now it's like yeah when they spend 28 weeks straight <laughs> yeah it takes a while to get into it i didn't know that this was a lot of their first time acting i thought they had like an acting background but uh you said some of some of them are just models right yeah it really depends um you get like a weird spread usually like they have some kind of background like like you get lots of like oh i have like a dance background and like I model or act or like that kind of thing because they have stunts and stuff. One thing that is kind of fun, I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year, but um, when they have a cast that can sing, sometimes they'll have them like sing their own like fight themes. So basically like you'll get like a moment like halfway through the series where like they're losing a fight and they're like, here's my perspective on life and why I'm going to keep fighting. And then like their actual voice will like start singing as they're like fighting now. And that's usually like hmm. a very like anime theme song, like a moment, you know? Okay. And next we get, they are attacked by another Magir. And this one's really cool looking like a bat or something. It's like a red bat. Yeah. I enjoyed this. Uh, I enjoyed this character design a lot more than the last one. You don't really know what his deal is. He's just some poor person who's working and gets like turned into like an evil robot. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. I love seeing them uh, fight. <laughs> As just like two people with guns, though, like in that lobby. That was a cool scene. Yeah, I like the gun work. And that one pillar that is just um, 
really putting in work like that like they just like very nearly like cut in half or whatever yeah that was pretty intense i was like oh shit like i kind of like perched up in my my seat i was like oh shit i like some steaks i like when steaks are on the line like they i feel like they were like really in danger and um then it's when izu reminds Arthur, hey like you should probably do something for this casualty he's like oh yeah i can do something about this <laughs> which is always good yeah he forgot he had uh the suit and he fights for a minute magir gets away when he gets shot because they're like hey you what are you doing i'm shooting at you i'm the government which hey, and then they have the whole like spider-man i'm gonna run away behind this building and like take <laughs> yeah. my suit off and then say oh like he went over there yeah i kind of like that because uh that was actually in my notes i like the fact that he's keeping his identity secret he's not letting it out too soon and i, I kind of like the the cat and mouse theme behind that and we get some more conversation uh between the two from Ames, uh, where like you was saying, Hey, you're not authorized. I'm the one in charge here. Like you don't get to decide what you do with my like stuff, which yeah, sure. I'm glad that she's a character. <laughs> Sometimes there aren't a lot of female like roles in the series, but this feels like a strong female character from the start. Yeah. She definitely uh, showed her personality. And I'm glad that like they counterbalanced, uh, the other female character of the show is not active. <laughs> She, yeah she's kind of she might as well be mute <laughs> which like works for like what they're doing with like her being like a robot and stuff just like it's good that they're like let's counterbalance this a little bit you know yeah in a sense uh she's kind of like alpha kind of like just a voice behind you know what's going on she doesn't really do anything besides you know just have a few lines here and there oh like you're saying okay you got it <laughs> saying that izu is alpha not saying that yua is alpha because let me tell you um we're not going to talk a lot about like the physical appearance of people on this show just because like it's not important. They're all young models. But um, I have seen some heat for Yua. I have seen some folks and some women that love women that are like, Yua, oh my God, you are just like in this suit and you are like shooting guns. I love you. Yeah, she, she's hot. She is uh, just beloved by people that love women. Like, but like, especially I'm seeing lots of like, Ooh, well, that's she's like the like lesbian favorite of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's hot, man. It's always fun, like when you see like who different parts of like the fandom pick as their favorite. Mm-hmm. And then we get like a cool like let's tell the press like it was all like a drill, but we get um this security guard robot that showed up briefly before Mamaru, who is talking. He gets hurt in the first fight. Aruto comes over and says, "Oh, hey, like let me bandage you up." And like they talk about how. His grandfather named Mamoru and like that causes him to say like, oh, well, like we're like family then, which this is a really nice moment, but also sad for what comes later. Like, yeah, uh, I thought that was really cool, um, especially like, you know, in his in his position, uh, Mamura or however you pronounce it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was kind of cool for him. Like this guy is a CEO and uh, he's taking his time out to talk to you like a human being. So I kind of I kind of like that. And early on, like we're seeing like emotional responses from the human gears. Like Mamoru looks like, oh, you're like actively telling me good things about my work. Like we see people like mm-hmm. smiling after they're like telling jokes and stuff. They're definitely like going for something a bit more like complex about like humanity here, which I'm all for. And the next thing that um, is for Ardo being told to resign if things go badly and then being taken to the roof. Um, like by like 
Hisamu who tells him what happened in Daybreak City before that like 10 years ago it was destroyed. Yeah, I didn't see that coming at all. I kind of like his backstory. Kind of explains like why he's so mad all the time. <laughs> Those old robots are creepy. They're like weirdly more like smoother, like monkey like mouths are like a lot creepier too. Yeah, and you can also see like the uh progression from how AI used to be before day daybreak and how they are now. Like they're more uh human like versus just search and destroy. Ver- mm-hmm. Yeah, like I um like too how they're like, let's just like throw this like person through like a plate glass like window as they're chasing like a kid. Like I like how they're just like more willing to do like cool little stunts like that that like you can tell we're done like in the moment. Mm-hmm. Fun. Um then we get a sad moment though when the first bot like attacks again um that first magir and Jin shows up and uh places a weird belt onto like Mamoru to go and confront Haruto and say, Hey, I'm from Extinction Thunderstrike.net, which is a great name. <laughs> <laughs> and they have that whole little conversation about like humans will be made, they'll get subsumed, they're going to go like extinct, AI is the future, blah blah blah. And we see like, oh no, like now like Mamaru is infected. That whole little like scene where he was like leaning backwards and like the hood was over his eyes. I fucking love that. <laughs> He's like smirking. Yeah, honestly, I love Jin. I like to um, describe sometimes like to say that like um, when you're watching like these shows, they're very often just like a live action like Shonen or like, like anything. And you get that right. sometimes. Just, I right. love how goofy they're willing to be with their costumes, but also how they're just like, this is just a bad guy. This is just a villain right here. Yeah, that was that was a very like Shonen anime moment right there. And it kind of like made me laugh. <laughs> like he like went for it. <laughs> Even though he's not authorized, Isamu like forces open his progress key um and transforms. Yeah. Now tell me about this. About him transforming? Yeah. I did not see that coming to be honest. I didn't even know like I, he kept saying something to uh you were before, but I didn't I really couldn't comprehend what was going on. And like he tried to transform earlier, but it was locked. But when he transformed, I th- I, I honestly thought it was like some kind of weapon that he was trying to use. But when he turned into a writer, I was like, holy shit. I was I was like, let's go. <laughs> so he's common writer Vulcan. Yeah, it was the bullet. It came all it, it chased the guy, came all the way back around and hit him. He punched it. Yeah. I was like, what? The f-? I was like, what? <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird because I, I thought like he was trying to shoot the guy. Like, I, this is why I said I thought it was a gun. And it came back and hit him and he just transformed. I'm like, oh my God. Like, it caught me off guard. I'm not going to lie. And it came on into like armor pieces and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of his suit, but I think that he his fight choreography is great here. Yeah. We yeah. get two really great fights right here. Uh, mm-hmm. We get to see the first use of, of like Zero One's bike in like a really cool money shot where it comes down from space and like the sun's like filtering in on it. You forgot to bring up how he like got it. Like it was like this like iPhone 20. Yeah. <laughs> He's like clicking on the app and like the app, like the phone turn or whatever it is, turns into the, it was crazy. <laughs> and then like, I loved it. It's just uh, like a cool, like they're both fighting. And what do you think about like their fights? Cause I like the fight all right in like episode one, but it felt here. They were just like, here's what like, it's going to be. We're not trying to use like CG. Yeah. I kind of preferred, less cg fights uh 
made it feel more realistic. And uh, yeah, I, f- I also feel like this is another tease. It's going to be some epic fights to come. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoy both uh, fight choreography scenes. Because there's that one fight on like the like shipping containers where like he's flipping between the two like boomerangs as like containers are being destroyed and he's shooting. And there's like one fight like while they're like in the street on like motorcycles and like with swords and stuff. That one was fun. I like the bike fight. That was sick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's always great. Like when they do get to use their bikes, like it's not like all the time, but like when they do, they do like some really cool stuff. But like he's like, just like jumping over cars and stuff. And yeah, that was fun. The best part of this whole episode though, has to be the end of the fights. Oh, the f- so what are they called? Are they called like finishing moves or? Oh uh, yeah. Um, I think they're called, um, like, the, like in this show, they have like a name, like rising impacts, but, I think like we can just call them like finishing moves. Yeah. Okay. Zero one has like that sword finisher and Vulcan has that gun finisher, which is cool as hell. Yeah. Fucking destroys. <laughs> Went through the freaking trailer. <laughs> that was sick. And we get that like really good, like Batman moment. Yeah. The face off. <laughs> yeah. Or the standoff. And he like disappears in smoke. That was pretty sick. And like, I did not expect to see that. And like, I've already seen so many great images of like, him looking through and seeing like the monsters from Space Jam and stuff, like through that hole and everything. <laughs> That's funny. I think um, that like episode one was just like very serviceable. Like it established things. It wasn't my favorite yeah. on characters or like choreography, but this like felt like, okay, we are very clearly just going to say, here are our conflicts. Here are like the actors. And it was good. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, we try we try not to discuss episodes before we do the pod. And uh, I watched episode one, and I I don't think I had any reaction to it at first. I think you texted me something, and I forgot to text you back. But after I watched this one, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I was like, "That's all I said." I was like, "This," I was like, "I'm ready to go. Let's go." I was pretty hyped by episode two. Looking forward to episode three and four. The only thing I super know is that episode three. I think we might be getting the first opening, and that's great because like these shows have great like actual openings and i want to see like what cool like shots they have because like they'll go in and they'll make just like a weird like full minute like short movie and then like have that like at the front so like i want to see what that is oh so the opening that they have for one and two isn't really the opening had like a real opening yet no oh it's fun like like that song that played in the fight scene episode one i forgot if it played in episode two like that like realized okay yeah i'm stoked about the next episode the only thing left in the episode is uh, we get um, that big press conference. And when the theme comes in and he walks in in that suit, I was like, okay, <laughs> we're in superhero yeah. Batman stuff right now. Yeah. I was like, let's go. <laughs> Felt like real mature until he started making jokes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> it kind of felt like a Tony Stark moment when he showed up with his suit and is like, a, yeah, you know, more uh, mature tone. Felt kind of like an Iron Man moment. Like, I am. I, like, if I, is he going to say it? Yeah, I thought he was going to be like, I am a common writer or whatever, but uh, he didn't say it. But I guess, too, if you're like, I have like um, a robot like assistant that maybe I should check her recordings when I talk to like these weird, like these weird, like Final Fantasy villains, make sure that I get her like copy to show like the news later. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would help. Um, so, two small things. We see that. Isamu's arm is broken or something here. He's in like a yeah. cast at the end. I'm not sure what that's about. That 
probably going to come up later. They wouldn't just have a character in a cast without talking about it. Or maybe he wasn't like approved yet because he hasn't trained. I don't know. We see that that um for like Mamoru, he's back. Yeah, well, I'm kind of confused because so whenever Aruto, I guess, did his finishing move on him uh, before that, he was kind of like, I don't want to kill him. I don't want to kill him. And then it was like, you have to. And then he does it. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, forget morals. But then we go to the press conference and he's still there. I don't really know exactly how he did a finishing move on uh, Mamuro and didn't kill him. Like, they, I guess they explained that in episode three. I don't know if they do. So here's where I came to. Izu says his code's infected or whatever. He can't be saved. So that's when he says, okay, I guess I'll fight him. Um, but then when we see the finishing move, they specifically show him destroying the belt. So I'm like, oh, did he like do something? But then I guess like so far we've only seen like a couple of states of the weird like earphones like that the human gears have. There's like blue. Mm-hmm. There's like the blue scanning like, oh, like I'm like trying to find information. And there's the red when they're evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so his was green. And I guess the symbol on it was the symbol that you have in Japan for new drivers. So I guess that that's a new human gear just using that same face is what that means. Ah, so he took his programming and put it in a new body. I'm not sure if it's like a backup of him or if it's just, we're going to use the face on like a fresh person. Okay. Starting from like being reborn. Like, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. That makes me think that they can't get back like him from three days ago when they set like a restore point. <laughs> yeah. So he's like starting over. Okay. That's cool. Also kind of sad though. Yeah. That shit was sad when he was like, I don't want to kill him. <laughs> he's like, you have to, I was like, damn, I was, I felt that. No, right now I'm really hopeful t- to see what happens next. Um, what do you want to see like going forward? Uh, I want to see some more extension thunderstrike.net. That's the one thing I want to see. Uh, I saw they teased some more common riders joining the squad. I'm pretty sure we gonna have an idea of who that might be. Uh, I'm looking forward to figuring out what's ha- what exactly happened behind Daybreak. I feel like we don't really know exactly what happened there. Uh, I'm looking forward to finding out more about Daybreak. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, exactly how um, Aruto handles being the president of uh, this conglomerate and seeing if he can handle it and... Uh, Make some tough choices. How about you? I have uh, three bets called shots, whatever you want to call them. Um, first off, I think that the grandfather's dead or like he has. I think that there's a good chance he is some kind of villainous force and he has like a back of, of himself. That's like at some point, like going to appear. Um, I can see that. I think we're going to find out that Arto um, is some kind of influence. Like maybe he's got like some programming or something or like at least like part bot um i think that there's going to be something with izu because like she's being set up like as like a major character even though she's had no character yet Mm -hmm. so like i'm have to guess that there's something going on with her where like her brain scan was used for the basis for the ai or something but now she's like she's like she's like a spy or something i don't know i'm wondering if maybe like they oh we made a robot but we are having them develop like a human brain. Like I'm not sure what it's going to be. But I think she's going to have something weird, special type thing going on with her. Maybe her and him both will, but I think it, she's likely to have something going on with her like humanity. That's like odd. Sweet. I have no way of knowing, but um, the big thing I want is I want them to keep 
having these really agile fight scenes to keep using their surroundings really well. I know that um, the first quarter of these shows, like the first like 12 episodes, can be um, kind of busy because they have to introduce characters, they have to introduce forms and like, and like new writers. I'm hoping that they do a good job of that. Um, I don't want there to be like 19 forms for one person. I'm kind of hoping that like there's like three or four forms for like the main dude. And, and after that, like we stop. Like, I don't want him to have, like, there's been some seasons where it's like, oh, each form is used once and there's like 14 of them. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, I just want to see like fun, like fun powers and designs and not too much like crap just kind of thrown out, which can happen. But so far, I'm hopeful. Yeah, so far, so good. All right. So let's do some signing out right now. And um, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube under Pop Cult Net. You can find me, James Darrington, your host and expert at, at James Forge. And the Twitter for the podcast is Common Writer to Me at Twitter.com. And as always, um, thanks to Dave Powley and Berserk for the our theme song, Common Writer Love Song. It is a real banger, and we really appreciate being able to use it. Thank you, James. Thank you. Bye. Peace.